Welcome to the SXU Business Roundtable, a discussion-based program featuring St. Xavier University faculty and business members from the local community discussing the current state of business, its impact on the economy, and the future. Please welcome your host, Ian Hand. Welcome back to the SXU Business Roundtable. Today, I am with Mary Fitzpatrick at the Career Service Center. Hi, Mary. Yes. How are you doing? Good, Ian. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Let's just jump right into the questions. Sure, let's and do it. And our topic today is issues facing the Chicagoland job market. So, Mary, you work at the Career Service Center at our very own university. Can you tell us what a Career Service Center does? Sure, absolutely. We are a great office on campus because students can utilize us literally from the moment they walk in the door as first-year students all the way through senior year, and then those who are going to grad school can, can utilize us too. So we help with everything from resume writing, job search preparation, interviewing skills. You know, if you aren't sure what major you want to major in, we can help you navigate that a little bit. We also do leadership training for our student leaders. We are also in the Career Center, the office that houses the student employment. So when you want to apply for an on-campus position, you go through our office to do that through our Cougar job system. So we have all sorts of stuff. We have workshops for students. We go into classrooms and talk to students. We, of course, have the SXU internship and job fair on February 24th, if I may do a shameless plug for that. So we, we really, again, from the time you walk in the door to the time you leave, you should be you should know us and you should visit us frequently. So where are you guys located so the rest of the school can actually come and see you since you said you're really close on campus? Yes. Where are you guys? Great question. We are in the modular unit right behind Pacelli Hall. So we're adjacent to the football field. And if you look closely, we are actually on the 50-yard line of the football field. So we also have an excellent view to any uh, Cougar home games. What makes a really good resume since you do a lot of resume writing? What makes a good resume is, I mean, some, first of all, before we get into the content of one, how it looks. It has to look pleasing to the reader. So no grammatical errors. You want all your margins to line up. You want your bullet points to be all in line. And again, just that first visual has to be a very positive visual for the person who's looking at your resume. In terms of content, you really want to talk about your accomplishments and bring out some of those skill sets that you've learned in college, either through your coursework or your involvement on campus. And again, you want to match the internship or the job that you're applying to. You want to make sure that your resume matches what they're looking for. And again, in the Career Services Office, we could help you do that. All right, so back on the topic of resume writing, is that one of the many skills that they're looking for in the job market? Are they looking for more short resumes, short, sweet to the point, or are they looking for like kind of lengthy as resumes, or does it just yeah. depend on the actual thing you're looking, you're it, interested in? It probably depends. Most, though, most people coming out of college should have a one-page resume. Now, if you're somebody who has been involved on campus all your four years, you might you might jump onto two pages. Or if you're a non-traditional age student and have some work experience, you may find that your you know your resume is going to go onto page two. But overall, it should be one page. So yeah, entry-level jobs are really looking at one-page resumes. Since your position pretty much has you working with students and parents, just pretty much with kids who just recently graduated college, what are some of those common areas you want to focus on and have them prepare for when they graduate or just when they're about to graduate? Yeah, well, first I would say do not wait till your senior year. Do not wait till you're about to graduate to come see us. You really want to start this process much earlier because you want to get an internship. And two, you want to be slowly preparing throughout your whole, you know, really starting sophomore year, junior year, senior year. You want to be preparing for this event of looking for a job, a full-time job once you graduate. And you're not going to be effective if you start your 
your senior year. You really want to come in sooner. So one of the things that we can help you do is, number one, we can help you identify organizations that you might want to want to work for. So we can help you do that. We can help you really think about what job titles match your major and your skill set and how to search for that in a company. We can help you build your LinkedIn profile. And you, of course, again, you want to do this before senior year. Then we start with the resume writing and getting, you know, getting something onto paper for you. Then you want to you identify a company you want to work for, you see a position there, you want to research that company. You want to figure out, you know, what is this company all about? Who are their clients? Um, you know, this job that I'm looking at, how does it interface with the rest of the organization? Really do your research. Employers report to us that they can tell immediately if you haven't done your research. And if you don't know anything about their company, that comes through in the interview. So that's something that you have to do before you go on the interview. And then we can help you with the interview prep. Again, there is so much behavioral-based interviewing today Every company is doing it. And no matter what field you're going into, you're going to have a behavioral-based interview. So you absolutely have to prepare for that. And that's where we really, I think, can can help you because we could do, in fact, on Friday, I'm doing a, a practice interview with a student who has an interview for an internship. And again, we're going to talk about, you know, some of those behavioral type questions. You can't think of those off the top of your head when you're in an interview. And I've sat on enough hiring committees here where I can tell immediately if somebody has not prepared for the interview, if they have not prepared those behavioral-based answers. So you got to do that before you go on the interview so we can help with that too. And then we can help you talk about salary, negotiate salary, you know, entry level, what salary should I be expecting coming out of college? So these are the things that we can really work on as you get closer to your graduation. You mentioned behavioral-based questions. Mm -hmm. What is an example of one? So your behavioral-based questions are questions that try to get to past performance and past behavior. So one might be, tell me about a time that you, you know, you faced a challenge. How did you deal with that? Or tell me about a time that you worked in a group on a group project in school where not everybody was pulling their weight. How did you handle that? Tell me about a time that you had an interaction with a classmate or coworker or supervisor that you weren't so happy about. How did you handle that? So those are some of your behavioral-based questions. Since now we're talking about all the things to prepare for with the interview process and all that other preparation, when it's actually time to get into that entry-level job, what is that current job market like right now for anyone seeking Good. a position? Excellent question. So it's, it's kind of all over the place. So depending on what you're majoring in, if you're majoring in computer science, you're going to be fine. <laughs> There's, in fact, right now in not only the Chicagoland area, but throughout the nation, there is actually a shortage of trained people in computer science coming out of schools. So the demand for those people is huge, which means that you're going to probably find it pretty easy to find a job. If you're prepared properly and looking properly, you should fare fairly well. Our nursing market is still really good and strong. I mean, that's, I, we're always going to need nurses. So they find it, you know, they're, they're finding it easy to find a position. Where we might be seeing a little bit more challenges is our education market. Given what's happening in the city of Chicago right now in the state of Illinois with education, can't pass a budget in the state of Illinois, that's impacting our Chicago public school system along with other school systems throughout the state. That's a little bit more challenging. And all that means is that you have to start earlier. You have to start looking for a position earlier and really utilize your your network, get out there and network a little bit. That can all help. But our business field is good. If you're specializing in accounting or finance, it's a little bit easier to find a job. Human resources, I think, is a, is a flat market right now. Again, doesn't mean you can't find a job. I think that, too, if you, I say this to students all the time and their parents, if you have, if you, if you start reading job descriptions and you really look at those closely, it doesn't matter very often what field it is, unless it is a specialized field like IT or nursing or education. But if it's a more liberal arts 
based field, you'll read the, the description and see that they are asking for a bachelor's degree. Doesn't necessarily say what that bachelor's degree is in because they're not as concerned about that. What they're concerned about is that you have that degree, you have a bachelor's degree. Because with that, with getting your bachelor's degree comes a whole set of skills like time management and organizational skills and critical thinking and all those great things that an employer knows I don't care what it's in as long as you have it because then I can train you. I think that's where our liberal arts students do really well. So those in, you know, English, philosophy, um, even criminal justice, those students come out, I think, doing pretty well because they've learned all those skills and employers are. They don't care about the major so much. Employers are just glad to see that four-year degree. So that's kind of just like a template, kind of just like a basic template, and then they can just work from there Exactly. They can train you. But again, our specialized, like nursing and IT and education, they have to major in those to get those jobs. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. So pretty much, just to go off on that question, it just mm-hmm. says pretty much have either specialized degrees if you're going for a specialized field and just kind of have a degree in general for any other kind of field. Yeah, exactly. Because we again, we find what our employers are telling us is that it's the skills you're gaining through these four years that are so important to them that make you a good employee then. And it's that critical thinking, your, your ability to manage time, you know, your organizational skills, things like that that become more and more important. And then they can train you in the position. And, and again, think about what's important as an employee, your communication skills, your ability to get along with people, you know, take the initiative on projects. That's what employers are looking for. So again, the degree is not always as important just as long as you have it. You always hear that story about like, you know, you have to have a certain degree, you have to have a degree, but they just say, when they meant by you have to have a degree, it turns out it just, you mean just any old degree. Yeah. And start looking at job descriptions and you'll see that more and more that, or they're very, they're, they're very broad, you know, bachelor's degree in business, human resources, English, you'll see a whole bunch of majors listed. So that's kind of getting at that same thing. Like just as long as you have something. Thing, we can train you. You said other things. So, what other? Like, what do you think specific skills employers are looking for that you probably have noticed? Since you said about the general stuff, they just want to have a certain degree. But yeah. what kind of skills besides that, just that degree, are they really looking for? Yeah. So they're really looking at both your verbal communication skills and your written communication skills. Because again, in any line of work, you're going to use those skills constantly. So that has become more and more important to employers. Your ability to work on a team. Your ability to work with others. That's very important. Like I talked about earlier, that whole ability to to show initiative, to go to your employer and say, okay, I want to do this, this, and this, or what's, you know, I finished this project. What else is there for me to do? They want to see that. Again, your ability to critically think. If you see a problem in front of you on the job, how do you fix that problem? What are your suggestions on making a process better? So these are, we're seeing more and more as skill sets that employers are looking for. Going into that communication, should students in general try to focus more towards communication classes rather than just a basic 101. Yeah, I'll never tell you not to take a communications <laughs> class. I think they are. I think they're very important. And again, think about things that you typically do at work. You're always going to have to interface with people. So you're always going to have to have the ability to persuade some. So that's where your speech classes come in really good. Your communications classes kind of centered on that come in really good. In any line of work, we have to go and sell an idea or sell ourselves to do a project. So you have to have those persuasion skills. And I think think that our communications classes do well to prepare you for that. So yeah, I'm never going to tell you not to take a communications class. <laughs> Good to know. How would people prepare themselves for when they get like a, just any old interview since we talk about like the internship stuff, but mm-hmm. like what should they just do themselves that you'd have nothing to do with? Like since you talk about how you help prepare, yeah. what can they do to really just feel like they can do it themselves. Yeah, if I leave you with anything today, it's that you research the company and that you also 
look at behavioral questions. You can you can go onto Google and say and you know Google behavioral interview questions for criminal justice majors or for accounting majors or for English majors. You know, or look at the position that you're you're um, applying to and Google inter- behavioral interview questions for you know X Y Z position, and you'll see a whole bunch of stuff that you can look at and really you know, sit down. And I I always recommend that you, the day before the interview or the night before the interview, that you literally print out those behavioral-based questions and you go through them, you sit by yourself and you think about a scenario for every single one of them and you talk it out. Again, interviewing and job searching takes work. It takes time and it takes work. So in in, in preparing for that, it's going to take you a few hours, but that's that's going to make you that's going to make you the candidate that stands apart from everybody else. Is that you've done the homework, you've done the preparation. So again, preparing answers and responses for every one of those behavioral questions, and then also I can't say this enough: researching the company, know what the company is, know who the company serves, know you know know everything about that company, and, and how easy is it to get that now? You literally call up the website and you can. Look at every single thing that it does. You know, you could look at its clients. You can look at its services. You could sometimes look at reviews of what people are saying about it. So you have no excuse not to do that kind of prep work. But those two things, I think, are really going to set you apart if you if you make sure that you do those. And those behavioral questions are pretty much just like universal in general. Like they're not going to be anything like curveball based or behavioral no, questions. They're not. they're not. I mean, if you if you look enough and you prepare yourself enough, you're not going to feel thrown by any of those questions. But again, it's that prep the day before. You cannot do it on the interview. So I read a lot of articles from Chicago Business, Gazette Chicago, and Business News Daily, and I saw that most of the problems that were occurring were these three problems that are specifically in Chicago. And those three problems are the high taxes that just keep getting higher and higher, the feuds between the state and city, and the slow economic recovery back in 2008, it's been going on nine years since that happened, and we still haven't seen that much of a recovery. So would you not only agree that all these three are big problems, and which one, in your opinion, are the biggest ones out of those three? Yeah, I agree with all three of those. I think those. I think you are absolutely right about that. I think that the political fighting going on right now um, is probably the biggest factor in why companies are a little gun shy in coming to Chicago. So I I recently read um, in Cranes that our smaller and mid-sized businesses are a little bit nervous about making a move to Chicago, had they been planning on making a move, but making a move to Chicago because they're not sure what's going to happen in the political climate in conjunction with those higher taxes that we have here in Chicago. So I think that that, in terms of new business, um, I think that that's a little bit of a drag on our economy, especially for people coming out of college that can, you know, start at some of these organizations. But I also think, too, the fighting in our, you know, in our state and in our city is hindering our social service agencies. I mean, we've seen that between the, you know, the, the tough economy since 2008, they lost a lot. A lot of our social service agencies lost a ton of funding then. But now we see with the state that can't pass a budget None of those are getting funded. So we're seeing a lot of those pull back, lay off staff, close completely. So that's really, I think, that's very difficult for our, our again, our, our sociology majors, our psychology majors who want to work in these fields, and to our criminal justice majors. I think that those factors are really impacting students from St. Xavier University. Doesn't mean they can't get a job. It's just going to, again, take a little bit longer and a little bit more time. 
So besides the computer science and the nursing, obviously, which ones do you think are kind of more safe to stay over here? And do you actually think that the small businesses are at a larger risk or do you see the Fortune 500 or the big ones? Are they starting to kind of back out as well because of all this? I, well, I, we haven't seen anyone drastically, right? In fact, we just saw um, Caterpillar make a huge announcement that they're moving a lot of their administrative positions to Chicago, which is, you know, that's probably a couple of years down the line now. But that's a great that's a great thing for Chicago. Now, again, we don't know if they're going to be directly in Chicago or if they're going to be in a surrounding suburb. But I think that's excellent. We saw Boeing come in from, I think they were originally headquartered, Schaumburg, that moved into into the city. So those are all good things. I haven't heard of too many leaving recently. I mean, we did see a little bit of a, a, a exodus, I think, around about five years ago or so. We saw a couple of companies go out, um, including Oprah's, you know, big production company. But I think in terms of safe majors, I think any... I mean, is there such a thing as a safe major? I don't know, because our economy is so up and down. And now with the presidential election, we don't really know how the economy, you know, I've been trying to follow that very closely. And I'm seeing, you know, some experts are saying our economy is going to take off. Other experts are saying it's not. It's going to go into a tailspin because, you know, uh, people don't know how to react to Donald Trump. So it's so hard to say what's going to be safe, what's not going to be safe. I think, again, the most important thing is that, um, you know, students allow time to look for a job, that they don't, again, wait till that 11th hour to do it, that they they start early and that they use their network, that they get out there, that they join professional organizations and that they network. And I think when you do that, you you have a tendency to be successful. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what major you're in. That could be our psychology majors. That could be our sociology, criminal justice majors, too. Same thing. All right, so there seems to be a rise in more of the technology-based jobs and also small businesses despite those challenges that Chicago faces. Do you see that same trend? Yes. As you said that there's a lot of that small businesses kind of being afraid to come in, but there's still yes. that aren't afraid. And, and there still are small businesses here. And I think what happens, too, that, that's actually a great question. I think sometimes students are a little bit afraid to look at a small business. They don't recognize the name. Um, it's easier to apply to a job at McDonald's because we all know McDonald's, right? I mean, that's a brand. Everybody recognizes it. So you want to apply. Well, you and, you know, 10,000 other people are applying. When you look at these smaller businesses or even these mid-sized businesses, those are great opportunities there. Uh, number one, sometimes your competition is not, you don't have 10,000 people applying. But two, when you get into a smaller or mid-sized company, you have a great opportunity to move around. So you get a lot of training, you develop a lot of good skill sets. You're not necessarily pigeonholed into one job, one act, you're only gonna do this. You get the opportunity to really sort of expand your knowledge and your skill set, and that in turn makes you more marketable for the next job. So then you've gained, you know, all these wonderful skill sets that you can then take to your next position, and so on and so forth. So never discount those small and mid-size. You know, I, I think that's where LinkedIn is really helpful because you, you know, if you start to do a search on companies, you'll see some that you don't recognize. Follow them. Do research on them. Find out what they're all about. And you may find that there's a position there that you're really interested in and then apply to it. Um, never discount those because I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And then if a company takes off, you know, you're one of the if – if it continues to grow, you get more responsibility. You can even move up the, the ladder if you want to. Um, it's a great opportunity. So pretty much what you meant by moving up is just pretty much just going up the hierarchy as well, as exactly. well with all the training and stuff. So exactly. don't discredit those small businesses. And those technology-based jobs in general, 
So what other yeah. technological-based jobs do you see, like, rising up? Since you, said, you said computer science a lot. Is there anything yeah. else that you saw that was, like, really taking off that you had no idea would take off? Well, healthcare, of course. Um, <laughs> healthcare is always going to be there, too, where, you know, the baby boomers are starting to age, so healthcare is there. The, the issue with healthcare, though, is sometimes I think that there's sort of this misconception that students have that um, they can go into a, a graduate program in healthcare and then come out with that. Now they've got the MBA, so now they're going to be able to run that hospital. <laughs> it doesn't work that way at all. Um, you can start you know, you have to start in an entry-level position in healthcare and sort of move your way up. Hospitals, nursing homes, um, even even you know, uh, big doctors groups. You know, big big groups out there that are you know, twenty doctors in a in a in a practice. You know, you you can you can certainly run those, but you have to work your way up. That's one industry where you cannot just come in at the top without any experience. Um, you definitely have to start in an entry-level position and kind of move your way up the ladder. So you're learning every aspect about, a, you know, a hospital or a nursing home or, again, some of these big doctor's groups. So I see healthcare um, as, as similar to IT where we're going to have a need. And, I mean, I think there already is a need. Um, but, again, you cannot expect to uh, get your MBA degree and walk into this huge, you know, six-figure job. It just doesn't work that way. As it is with all the other jobs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So the uh, final question I just want to um, point out today is just anywhere some people can contact you, just any phone number for the actual uh, career services, do they need appointments, or they can they just walk in and talk to you, just anything, information about the career service building here at SXU? Great question. So you can reach us by phone at 773-298-3131, and you can also email us at careerservices at sxu.edu. And then, of course, we're in that modular unit right behind Pacelli there, and we do have walk-in hours are walk-in hours for resume you know quick quick resume review or if you have a question about your job search or salary or whatever our walk-in hours are every Monday and Wednesday from 1 to 4 and then every Thursday from noon to 2 and then we do take um, uh, appointments too so you can just call that main number and get on on someone's calendar and we can talk about anything from you know job search to trying to decide a major or, um, you know, maybe you're in one major and it's not going so well. So you want to see what other things you can explore. We can help you with that. All right. Thank you. I have uh, run out of questions to say, but thank you. That was really helpful. And hopefully the Chicago market gets a little bit better with all the information that you have provided. Hopefully a lot more people have taken this seriously and don't wait till the last minute, guys. That's right. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the SXU Business Roundtable. The SXU Business Roundtable was produced and hosted by Ian Hand. Julie Gardner is the strategic director. The executive producers are Peter Creighton, director of student media at St. Xavier University, and Dr. Anthony Campbell, vice president for student affairs at St. Xavier University. For more information on St. Xavier's Graham School of Management, please visit www.sxu.edu. Keyword, Graham School. For more information on the Chicago Southland Chamber of Commerce, please visit chicagosouthlandchamber.com. To listen to the complete archive of the SXU Business Roundtable, search iTunes by typing in WXAV. You can also visit our SoundCloud account, soundcloud.com slash WXAV883. Thank you for listening to the SXU Business Roundtable.